I'm so excited to be here. I'm a little nervous, though. Uh, the last time I was here, if you remember, I almost fell. So I'm, I'm a little nervous. Pray for me as, uh, as I kind of uh, try to prevent myself from falling off the stage. I don't know. Did you guys get a PowerPoint? Awesome. I wanted to tell you just real briefly. So we're going to flash through these these uh, slides really fast, but I wanted to tell you, Logan is just about here. He comes July 1st. He's already set up with um, the UNL, and we have a wonderful sponsor over here at UNL, to uh, start the Christian Challenge again. Yes? <laughs> you can all say, yes, yay. Isn't that exciting? We get to start it all over again. And He's going to start worshiping on the campus. Looks like we may have worked out an arrangement where he can meet on a regular basis in a spot there on the campus. But he'll be here July 1st. I'll get you guys some more information on when he's moving so you can come and help him unload and make him feel really welcomed here. Let's go to the next slide. Aaron, you know, is down in, uh, in uh, Beatrice. It says it right there. In Beatrice, Right? And I'm so excited that you're going to go down. How many of you are going to plan on going down next weekend? My, my invitation starts now. Okay? So I, I didn't see very many hands. Come on. Plan next weekend to go down with Mark. This is really a big important part of being a, a church that crosses over to victory. Part of my message this morning. They're going to have a group, and they're expecting about two to 300 children at their vacation Bible school. And the reason they're going to do that is because people and partners like you are going to come and hit every house in that town with flyers. That's how important this opportunity for you is. You get to be a, you get to be a missionary. I grew up in my Christian life Dreaming of being Hudson Taylor, Annie Arm, uh, Annie Armstrong, no, uh, Lottie Moon, uh, Amy Carmichael, Hudson Taylor, all of these. I, they, they were glued to my mind. I always thought missionaries are so cool, right? We have an opportunity to be missionaries. This is your chance. You don't even have to go to China and be Hudson Taylor today. Although I might invite you to do that later. But you can go and help Aaron reach Beatrice, and it's not that much time out of your life. So I want to encourage you to go this weekend. Next slide. Of course, you know Angel. I am so excited about Angel coming. We need a solid Bible-preaching, Spanish-speaking church in this community. Amen? So just keep praying for him, and as the opportunities arise, get involved personally. You may not know Spanish, but you can certainly help them do ministry in this community because we're right here. Next slide. Josh. Oh, my goodness. Josh has been looking for a job. Keep praying that he finds a job. Pray really hard he finds a job. You know, I think he'd probably do just about anything just a step above McDonald's. He might even do McDonald's. But he is, I, he is a hero of mine because he wants to come and be bivocational, work, meet people, begin to build a team, a core, and start reaching and having Bible studies in the Air Park area. I'm so excited about him coming. So continue to pray for him. 
and he should be here if he can get a job. He's, got a, he's found a place to live already, but he should be here sometime in, in July or August. That's pretty exciting. Next slide. Who else do I have up here? Let me tell you about one more. It's not up there. We have a, a Pablo Centurion who is going to Grand Island. He's already been approved through the North American Mission Board. He is a, a, a green card holder, so he can do ministry right now. And he's going to Grand Island, Nebraska. And so you want to start praying, praying that he can find a place. He's going bivocationally as well. So pray that he can find a job, an apartment within his price range. Pray that he can reach that community for Jesus Christ. And he is a, he's a wonderful storyteller. I just love listening to Pablo, uh, even if I can't understand everything he says. I love the way he, he tells these stories. Um, when, during the assessment, it was kind of fun because we had several Spanish speakers that were there as he was trying to tell stories. He'd tell it both, and we had a translator. We had somebody translating, but the, it's really sad when everybody's laughing that knows Spanish and we have to wait a few minutes to laugh. But he's great at that. And so you want to pray for him as well. And, and then we have another church planter in Kearney, Nebraska, right? Calvary. So this is kind of like a missions report. We just kind of tag-teamed here. This church is awesome. You know, I, I'm so excited about coming back home. And, and being here with you, because David is so awesome. Aren't you so excited about David being here? Amen? I just got a little bit of a taste of what he's like, and I'm like going, I like him. I can't wait to see what God does through him here at Southview. And, and Myra, I just love worshiping with Myra. Amen? So, I mean, this is a, this is a great church. A great place. If you guys aren't telling people about Jesus and telling them they need to come to this church, shame on you. This is the coolest church I've ever been in. Amen? I was like, one amen. If there's a cooler church, you ought to go to it. But this is it. This is the bomb. And this is a family. And it's wonderful. Now, this is your chance to say Amen. And so you ought to be telling people about Jesus. First and foremost, this is my invitation. Before I preach, I'm giving you an invitation. You should be telling people about Jesus because he is awesome. I had a a Chinese missionary in my home all weekend, and all she could keep saying was, God is so good. God saved me. I'm like going, I wish Christians in America would get this excited. But all she kept, God healed me. God saved me. God brought me to America. God did this. God did that. And I'm, I'm starting to think, why is it that Christians in America, we never say God did anything? Have you ever thought about that? Folks, each and every one of you has experienced God in your life at some level. Amen? This world is broken, and I believe that, don't you? Every time I turn on the television, it's broken. I see people fighting about politics, the world. uh, You know, it just seems like there's something chaotic going on everywhere, and we have the answer. The answer is Jesus. 
Jesus Christ came and died on a cross for our sins and and then gives us hope to do something better, something great. That was God's plan from the very beginning, that we would have a purpose in our lives and that it would make the world drawn to him. I believe God wants every church and every believer to be excited about Jesus Christ because of what he's done. I'm still getting half-hearted amens out there. So why don't we just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. Um, God, I just pray that you would move us today. to something great, that we wouldn't settle for anything less than your very best for this church, for us individually, for our families. So God, would you speak to us today in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You know, greatness is not defined by the attendance at church, although the attendance is great. Greatness is not reflected in the offering or the size of the facility or the titles that we have. Greatness is defined by our obedience to Jesus Christ and being all that he wants us to be right where he plants us. That's greatness. When we can look at our lives and say, I belong to God and I'm doing everything he's called me to do. That's an amen moment there. It's marked by obedience. That's greatness. And I hope that each of our lives in our churches are marked by obedience. We're going to be at a moment of an intersection of decision this morning. I think our church, see I still feel this is home. I think our churches, our church here, I believe you individually are at a moment of, I'd call it an intersection of decision. This morning I've already tried to give you a couple invitations to get involved in what God's doing, to go Saturday. Did I say that earlier? Did Mark say that earlier? You should go Saturday. To go Saturday. Then help Logan. Then help Josh. Reach people for Jesus Christ, because I believe Jesus is the answer for all of the problems in our world. I really believe that. I believe God can heal people. I believe God can change lost sinners into people who have a purpose and and value and, and hope. And if that is true of you, then you want to get involved in what God is doing, right? Amen? So this morning... I want to share with you a story of how God's people stood at an intersection, a decision point, where we are right now, a decision point, an intersection. Each of us are there, or we will be there. There It's a place of opportunity. It is a place of choice and decision. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. 
God, if you have breath in your mouth and in your lungs this morning, God has a purpose and a, and a plan for your life. And he wants you to be involved in that purpose and plan today. And I just don't really believe that God intended any of us to sit down on a Sunday morning, listen to some preacher, and then do nothing about it. I really have never felt that way. So at the end of this, I'm going to give you another invitation, the same, almost the same one that I started with. And so let's think about this. You know, this morning, the story that we're going to look at in the Bible is found in somewhere you probably weren't expecting, in Numbers. So do you got your Bible? Grab your Bible. Turn to that rarely used book in the Old Testament, Numbers. But it's got a really cool story about in the beginning of it, about the people of God. There was a group of slaves that had been liberated from slavery. They had been liberated from slavery. Are you guys awake with me this morning? You got to be... I could fall at any moment. (laughs) They were liberated from slavery. This is really cool. They got liberated from slavery. Then God said, it took, by the way, it took 10 plagues, right? For them to get out of Egypt. And then the Pharaoh changed his mind and started chasing them, right? And it took... And a miracle of God parting the Red Sea and then running across. Think about how big this is. Ten plagues. Water splitting in half. People walking through. Then the water collapsing. You guys have all seen the movie, right? (laughs) The water collapses in on Pharaoh's army. You would think... You would think they believe in miracles, right? You and I have experienced miracles in our lives. Amen? If nothing else, you've known Jesus in your heart. If this morning you've trusted him and repented of your sins and placed your faith in him. Then you've experienced this change in your life this morning. Or somewhere back in the past. And you've experienced From that moment, you've experienced some amazing things, right? Maybe, maybe not a, maybe not a collapsing lake on top of people, but you've experienced some amazing things in your life, right? This is what's happened in this story. And and, and I want you to go to Numbers chapter 13. Did I tell you that already? Verse 17. I want you to just read with me. Because here's a story of amazing, amazing miracles that, that culminate on the, the promise of God to go into this promised land and take possession of the land. And a crisis of belief. And it says in verse 17, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up into the Negeb and go up 
into the hill country and see what this land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak or whether they few or many and whether they whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad and whether the cities they dwell in are camps or strongholds and whether the land is rich or poor or whether there are trees in it or not Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. Every church, every believer every church and every believer Is that a moment of decision? Just like this. A moment of decision, a crisis of belief. This morning, there will be a challenge, right? And you'll have a crisis of belief, a decision to be made. Each of you have evidenced God's power in your life somewhere in the past. If you belong to Jesus Christ as Savior, He's your Savior and Lord. You've experienced that moment of decision once before, and I'm going to challenge you again as we think about what God is doing in this story again to a crisis of belief, a decision in your life. And every church is like that. And every church, every church and every people tend to do this. They go, Well, we ain't never done it that way before. You know, I can't because I'm old. Right? I can't. My back hurts. I have to sit around home all the time. I really can't be involved in missions, Dallas. I've heard these things, right? I'm speaking from experience. I can't because I'm busy all the time. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I got too much this or too much of that or not enough of this or that. And we can allow the I can't do it to keep us from stepping up and stepping out in faith. That's the way it is. You're not too old. Most of you are breathing. Some of you are breathing heavier because you're almost asleep. So wake up. Because here's the deal. The we cans are fewer than the we can'ts. And you and I need to catch this. And, and there are three really quick things I want you to see in this, in this passage, in these two chapters. I'm not going to read all the chapters. We're just going to kind of look at it a little bit. But here in these, these couple chapters, I want you to notice a couple things, three things. And the first one is that Crossing over people. Greatness begins with a vision of what God might be able to do in your life. Chuck Swindoll calls vision the ability to see God's presence and perceive God's power, to focus on God's plan in spite of obstacles. I like that kind of definition. 
But what you and I need to do is see some possibilities that maybe we are not even looking for. I told you, I, I love reading about missionaries. You know, there would never have been some of these missionaries had they not had a vision for what God could do. See, God is calling us to have this kind of vision for Lincoln right here, right now. There is a possibility out there. You and I, we, we sometimes look and we go, well, there's already churches in Lincoln, right? There's plenty of them. Well, then why aren't everybody going to church? Because maybe the church isn't convenient to where they live. Air Park is an, a, a wonderful example. There is no witness in Air Park. Did you know, have you ever driven by Waverly and realized there's not much of a church in Waverly? And yet the town's grown from 500 people to f- almost 4,000 now? You and I need a vision for what God could do if we as the body of Christ would just say, here am I, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to cross over. That's what we need is a vision for what God could do with you. Don't tell me, well, I can't preach. Neither can I, but I'm doing it anyways. Let me tell you a story about these six company executives. This will kind of give you an idea. I, I read this story, Carl. By the way, I read this in a Sunday school book. And I loved it. I cut it out. There's a story about these six executives from a shoe company. And they were, they were commissioned by their company to go to a place in Africa. Some of you may have heard this story. And, and so these six leaders of this company went to Africa to this place that was an emerging market. The people were starting to get some money. And they said, find out if there's any possibilities there. Shoe company. And all six of these executives went and spied out the land, you might say, and, and, and looked at the people. And, and four of them came back and gave the minority or the majority report. The majority report was, forget it. None of these people wear shoes. Two of them came back and said, folks, we need to build a factory. We need to open a new home office. The possibilities are endless. There's no one here wearing shoes. You know, you, you and I need to have that same kind of mentality that we, we think things differently in our church, and in our lives. We've had a few years to consider all that God can do. God can do big things. I think of what Southview has done. I wept so much at Easter. It's the first time I got to see that, Silvana. And I came to every show, I think, maybe one I missed, and every single one, I cried. Did you feel that way too? Some of you couldn't cry because you were in the play. But every show, I saw this room filled to capacity. We had chairs in the aisles. 
This church knows, can you imagine 15 years, was it 15 years ago, Silvana, that they started doing this? How many, six? 27, a few years. A few years. Can you imagine 26 years ago, any, when, when the idea, let's do this little program. And they said, let's do it with live animals and let's do it on the carpet. <laughs> 26 years ago, can you imagine the, the struggle? We can't do that. That's pretty big. But this church has accomplished this huge, God-sized thing. 26 years. We've seen God's hand. And we've seen people come to know Jesus Christ. And we've seen tears running out of people's eyes. Internationals who have never heard about Jesus like this in a real, tangible way. We've seen them crying tears of joy that there really is a Savior that came to earth and died on a cross for them. Oh, my goodness. We've seen the possibilities, haven't we? Sorry, I got kind of sidetracked there. We've seen the souls that have been saved and touched by this church. And I can't imagine what it would be like not to be doing something like that. But can you imagine all that God really wants to do? Do you think he's satisfied with one program a year? He wants something more from the people of God right here. I really believe that. Greatness begins with seeing the possibility. You have a possibility today. Second thing, real fast. This person who crosses over, this greatness begins with this decision to do just that. A decision to cross a cross. <laughs> I want you to, to notice what it says. Go to chapter 13, verse 2, and look at this verse. Start, let's, let's actually start in verse 1 because it's really cool. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out. You notice who said this? The Lord spoke. That's authoritative. It's not Dallas said. It's not Moses said. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, send a man, every one, a chief among them. Right here, God says, Go send guys to the land I am giving. Present tense, I am giving. There's the, there's the deal. God said, I'm giving this to you. Should be no doubt, right? They've experienced all these really cool things. But it's recorded in verse 27. The spies said, and they told him, and they said, we went out in the land where, where you sent us, and I truly see the it flows of milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They bring back these giant monster grapes, this awesome fruit. I mean, think about UNL, the awesome fruit. 
from around the world. And we get little bits of glimpses of it, don't we? When we do the Easter program, we get a little taste. Just a little. There's a lot more than the few hundred international students that come to our program. There's a lot more than that. How many, how many internationals? I, that's what I've heard. 4,000 internationals. And there's a few thousand students from all over Nebraska. A few thousand there, right? <laughs> we get a little taste of it. For many of them, the, the threat, the struggle, the barriers were too great. They outweighed the blessings that they could experience. If you look at verse 28, it says, Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. They're really strong people. And the ten spies, they, they, they sent out, they came back with kind of a bad report. Even though it started as a good report. It started really good. Oh, you can't believe it is really a land flowing of milk and honey. But, you know the buts, right? But and, and their original heart negativity is enough to put like a, a kibosh on any possibility of God doing anything really big. Those who can't trust God to overcome challenges will generally exaggerate how bad things really are, too. Be careful about this, okay? You ever, you ever know people that exaggerate? Well, their, their bad report was even worse because they, they made it worse. These people are like giants. They're really big and bad, and they're they're. they're, they're Walls are like impenetrable. They're impossible. I mean, that's kind of the gist of what they say. You know, there's a story, another story I got from a Sunday school book. I love those stories sometimes. There's a story about this, this giant corporation coming into a, a neighborhood and older neighborhood, and they were trying to buy out everybody so they could build on this entire block, this mega superstore. And there was one little shop owner, he said, I'm not selling, I don't care what the price. This is where I've had my shop, I have good customers, they, they like me and I like them. So the owners of the, the big corporation, they came to him and they said, well, then we're going to put you out of business. We're going to build all around you, and you're, the, you're just going to go out of business. And so they started tearing down all the buildings all around this, this little man's shop and building this monstrosity of a mall, all except for like this little shop in the middle. And on a grand opening day, they had big sales banners on both sides of his shop. And this innovative, smart-thinking guy, he puts a big sign up right above the door of his building. He says, main entrance here. (laughs) For others, the blessings outnumber the threat. 
Folks, you're not too old. You're not too tired. And God is bigger than all of those things that we put up as barriers today. You and I can do it because God's there and he's desiring that Lincoln and the surrounding state know Jesus Christ or he wouldn't have answered the prayer to send church planter catalysts to Omaha and Lincoln. I think God had a plan. That's what Aaron keeps telling me anyways. Aaron says he prayed for Craig and I that we'd be here. I don't know so much about whether I'm the right person for that job, but I do know that God has a plan for Nebraska. And he loves Nebraskans, and he loves these internationals that come to this community. And you and I have an opportunity to be involved in what God is doing and cross over into some great things. We just have to get up out of our chairs this morning and go and cross over. Third thing, this is the sad part of the story. You see, the sad part, I hope I got your attention now, the sad part of the story is is that people started believing the the majority report. They didn't believe the minority report here. If you look through chapter 14, you get an entire view of destructive nature of people who grumble and cause a fuss and say, we can't do it. We ain't never done it that way. I'm too tired. We're too small. We're too weak. We're not big enough to give 10 people to start another church. We're we're not strong enough to do this. Church either gives itself to growth and victory and vision, or they give themselves up to pettiness and silly arguing about policies and color the carpet. And people will fight tooth and nail to keep doing it the way they've always done it. Folks, I'm going to challenge you today to get up and do something totally different than you've ever done before. To get involved in in the vision and the ministry that, that Aaron, the mission team, has cast of getting involved in church planting and getting involved in missions. When a church refuses greatness, you know what happens? It goes back. Look at verse chapter 14, real quick, and we're going to close. Chapter 14, verses 2 through 4. It says, And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If we only had died in the land of Egypt. Oh, don't you just feel pain for them right this moment? Or if only we had died in the wilderness. I just want to cry with him. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword and our wives and children should be victims? 
Would it not have been better for us to return to Egypt? And so they said to one another, let us select leaders and return. I kind of gave you a brief overview of what they just left, right? They were slaves. Do you remember? They were making bricks out of straw and mud every day from sunup till sundown for nothing, for no reward. And now they have an opportunity to do something really awesome. And they'd rather go back to slavery Go back to making mud bricks. I hope that's not us. But I fear sometimes that we as believers are not much different. I fear we sometimes live in the past in our minds. Back in the good old days that weren't all that good. You know, the best days are still ahead if we walk with Jesus Christ. You know, it really doesn't matter. I, I, know, I know the possibilities could be out there that, that things might not go so well sometimes. I mean, I've read enough biographies to know that some of our missionaries got ate, eaten by headhunters, right? Some Christian leaders in China got run over by trucks and stuff. Uh, I heard a story about Korean pastors being run over by and made part of the highway because they wouldn't stop serving Jesus. I know all those sad stories. But you know what? The church flourished every time men and women stood up for Jesus Christ. If you haven't seen The Insanity of God, you should. It's available on DVDs now. And... and, the Russian pastors who, who sacrificed everything for, for the gospel. I know sometimes the story doesn't always end as pretty and as clean as we want it to. But God gets all the glory if we just are obedient. And isn't that what it's all about anyways? It's not about, you know, going down to Beatrice and Southview looks great and you look great. Although you might look great. I do want you to know, you might just look great. And you might just see someone trust Jesus. And you might get to see them get baptized. And you might be able to see them in heaven one day and and hear them say, thank you. Like that song, right? But you might just go down there and hand out flyers and not know till you get there. But I believe with all of my heart that... Some of those people are going to get there and they're going to say, they're going to come running up to you in heaven and they're going to say, thank you for being willing to serve Jesus. I am here because you loved him. So today, you make a decision about what you are going to do to help reach Nebraska for Jesus Christ. You go to my next slide. I don't know what it says. I want to challenge you. <laughs> it's been a, I actually made this slide presentation before I left to go disciple some people. So I'm like sitting here going, what was next in my slides? 
I, I want to challenge you to start thinking even bigger dreams. You know, it's not enough to be just ascending church. You and I need to be ascending people and start looking at where God is at work and joining him. I mean, I think we already see him doing some really cool stuff, but you know what? There's a big state out there. I just mentioned one little town, Waverly. There's Greenwood. I mean, we could just go circle around and churches are either closing or not there at all. And you and I need to start looking for places. Go to the next slide. I want to challenge you to start as, a, as groups, maybe a Sunday school group, prayer walking, places here in Nebraska. And what, what I'd like to see is, is us as a church start prayer walking regularly. I know some people do already in this church. Maybe Sunday school groups, women's groups, men's groups, we start picking out a place where we've never seen God involved. We, we wonder, is there any church activity going on there? Start prayer walking it with a group of people and start seeing what God is doing. See, I just about got it. Missed it. Join church. And, and go to the next slide real quick. I don't have very much time. And then I'd love for you to just tweet it, what, God's, what you saw. Guys, how many of you have cell phones that can do that tweet and stuff? Is that it? Three of you? Okay. Man. I know there's more of you out there. Some of you are like going, I don't want to raise my hand. He might make me tweet something. I don't want to raise my hand. He might have me Facebook something about Jesus. Then all my friends are going to think I'm like a Jesus freak or something. Dude, let's cross over. It's time for us to cross over right now. Go prayer walking. Get a couple friends. Ladies, I know ladies are always prayer walking. Get your husband to go prayer walking with you. You're always walking. Maybe I should say all ladies are out walking. I see them. They're wearing dresses and tennis shoes, right? And they look great, by the way. Guys, you could look great too. Not in the dress. The tennis shoes. Get out there and prayer walk around your house. And, and send a message. You can hashtag. You guys know the hashtag thing? Hashtag. Nebraska prayer walk. And then I'm going to see it. And I can start praying with you too. And there'll be other churches like yours that'll be praying for your prayer, your prayer walk too. And we can see what God is doing. And we can all join in and see what God could do through us. Go to the next slide. There's, there's another example. Aaron's doing it like crazy down there. He's awesome. Go to the next slide. They, we, we had a prayer walk down in Grand Island. It was really awesome. You know that place looks like Mexico. I cannot believe. You walk downtown Grand Island, it's like walking into Mexico City. Go to the next slide. So here's our moment of decision. We're at the edge of greatness. We're at the opportunity, an intersection opportunity, and a choice. We, we can go forward in this year and, and seize the opportunities that God has for us, or we can refuse. And if we do, we're going to be kind of like chapter 14. It's a slow, steady decline. 
folks. But it'll happen. Eventually, we'll lose all vision and all excitement for the gospel. And we'll just be doing the same thing we always did. I think it's time to stir it up. Let's go up at once and possess this place. I think God has Lincoln on his heart. And he wants you and I to get involved in what the mission team has already started casting as a vision for us as a church. He is calling us to get up out of our seats. I almost feel like just telling you to stand up. Matter of fact, why don't you just stand up? <laughs> Was that an amen? I'm, I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up because we're going to, this is our invitation. You see, it is time for us to possess what God has for us. Now, some of you have already been praying about what God would want you to do with your life, right? And you're already feeling a call. You know, one of the things I think we miss sometimes, we don't, we don't give an invitation to pursue God's call in ministry. Not very often. Maybe God's already been working on your heart and he said to you, you know what? I need to be involved. God has called me to ministry to get involved in church starting or maybe even just, just to get involved in the youth ministry at our church or, or get involved in ISF and, and really start pouring my life into people. I need to maybe learn how to share my faith. and I want to give you an invitation to, to go to Chongqing. Have you ever heard of Chongqing? Oh, I, I showed you one little picture up there. You remember that cool bridge? Seniors, senior retired people, come follow me to Chongqing. You could live there for six months and little Chinese students, little Chinese girls and men would, would just walk you all over town. And it would, you know how cheap it is to live in Chongqing? You can do it on fixed income, I promise. Really cheap. And when I go there, all I do is act dumb and Chinese students walk up to me, and I say, ni hao, and they go, can I practice my Chinese on you? And they walk me around and buy groceries for me, <laughs> and, practice. and then you invite them over to your house, and you do Christmas, St. Patrick's Day, Easter, all of those holidays, and they all want to learn everything there is to know about Jesus Christ, and you could lead them to the Savior. There's so many opportunities, so many places around the world you could get involved. And God's laid some of those places on your heart right now. And so I'm going to just be quiet and let the Holy Spirit now deal with you. And if you have a decision to make, would you make it today? If God's laid on your heart that you've never trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord, I want to invite you to make that decision first and foremost today by repenting of your sins, placing your faith in Jesus Christ and following him as Lord. Whatever decision God has, would you make it right now?